Johnson Seed Company. Today we're going to be talking about our trophy magnet products and, and with us today is Bob Wybelt. He's our retail store manager here in Enid. Uh, Bob has been with Johnson Seed Company 25 years. Um, he's an avid outdoorsman, uh, traditional bow hunter. Um, he was instrumental in designing the trophy magnet mix and so thought we'd bring him in, give us a little bit of history about it and the ingredients and, and things like that. Thanks for being here, Bob. Um, Thank you for having me. What, a little bit how long ago or history on why you developed the trophy magnet? Well, we had the product, um, as far as I'm aware, before I came to the company, but it was just in a white bag and it, it just it had no name associated with it or anything. It was just plot mix. And so I felt that we needed a name to um, to to increase its marketability and its uh, you know awareness and stuff and so I just put down a a big long list of possible names literally I just started brainstorming one night and just started naming names and I went and I did a, a trademark research on all of those names and eliminated names that already had trademarks or copyrights mm -hmm. and I came up with the name Trophy Magnet which was not claimed by anybody and so Trophy Magnet was born. And uh, we got it trademarked, and, and now all of our wildlife line products are under the Trophy Magnet logo and Trophy Magnet name. What what ingredients are in the Trophy Magnet, on the fall plot mix, I should say? Well, the fall annual plot mix is wheat, oats, barley, triticale, Austrian winter peas, clover. It'll either be a combination of air leaf clover and crimson clover, or one or the two of those, and then also turnips as well. It's, it's a really good broad spectrum mix. As a, as a hunter, why would I want a mix something like that as opposed to say one species or just two species? Why, well, why that many in a mix? Several reasons. One, it, this, um, it, it, it widens your, your possibilities as far as like soil types and things like that. This, this one of the reasons we selected a lot of these species is because they work in a very, uh, in different soil types, different applications. But deer browsers, they are not grazers. They like variety. They, in, in nature, they have a variety. They, they don't have one thing that they go to. And so by having a, a mix out there of different species, you uh, you you just increase that that sure. variation for them, and also you have stuff that's maturing over different periods of time and and establishes at different times a little bit, and so it can kind of widen that window of of um, you know opportunity for the for it to have its maximum attraction potential and stuff. Sure. So I don't have a lot of equipment. I'm a hunter. I don't have a lot of equipment. I may have a four wheeler. What's the best way for me to prepare the ground to plant this, or what do you feel? Is well, the best I've always way? said I, I, I've done hundreds of hunting shows or hunting, you know, trade shows and stuff like that. And one of the most common questions I'll get is, "Can I broadcast this?" And my answer is kind of a political sounding answer is, and I'll say this that. In everything in life, pretty much preparation is key to success. Mm -hmm. And this is in no different. Mm -hmm. And the better seedbed that you have, the better your chances of success. That being said, there are applications where it can be broadcast and, 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 and stuff, but the better your seedbed preparation, the better your chances of having a good stand are. And so, 
um, whether you have a disc behind a, a four-wheeler or behind a tractor or a tiller or whatever, anything that you can do because the most important thing in establishing a plant from seed is good seed to soil contact. If you don't have True. good to seed, to soil, so seed to soil contact, you're spinning your wheels. Mm -hmm. And so um, I tell people, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Right, right. Uh, also, so I have a lot of different, I have a lot of legumes in there, mm -hmm. in that mix and some grasses. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts is once I do get the ground prepped, my planting depth, and do I need to be concerned with fertility? Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, planting depth, half of an inch to three quarters. Poss three quarters is probably a little bit deep. I'd say half, but somewhere between half and three quarters of an inch. The thing is, you're, you're, we've got a, a, a variation of seed size in there. you got year leaf clovers, very small seeded. you mm -hmm. got... Uh, uh, Austrian winter peas, which are very large seeded. So an Austrian winter pea wants to be planted at three quarters of an inch. Airleaf clover wants to be planted at an eighth or a quarter of an inch. So right. you've got to kind of bridge that gap and go around a half inch or so. Um, and fertility is always, all of the your cool seasons especially, will respond and, and require a lot of nitrogen. And, and they're going to respond favorably to uh, nitrogen um, I always suggest people do a soil test. That way they know where they're starting at. They know what their pH is. Um, and regarding fertility, I don't know if it's one of the further um, subjects you had. I, one of the second most or maybe the most common question I get is, do I need to lime my soil? Right, I agree. And my answer to them is, I don't know. <laughs> because until I know what that pH is, I can't tell you, but there's so many products out there that say on the back of it, lime your soils. And so people think that they just have to lime their soils. And that liming is only necessary if you have a low pH. Is really the only reason you're going to need to lime. So until you know what that pH is, I don't know whether you need to lime or not. Right. And it's just an extra expense that you may or may not need to incur. But fertility is always going to help. Uh, the legumes... Um, are um, they call it lazy? They will they will access the most readily available source of nitrogen first before they um, um, start tr um, uh, converting that own. that atmospheric nitrogen to a form that they can use. And so even the legumes will respond to fertility. And since you're trying to kind of push something along here, I I, rec I recommend a good uh, fertility program on them. Um for hunting purposes, what would be the ideal time for a hunter to start this planting? I mean, time frame on the calendar? Labor Day. Okay. Labor Day would be a, a really good time frame, or that about that time, first week or so of September. Um, that should, and of course, Mother Nature holds the key in everything. It depends on what kind of moisture you get. But if you're able to get it into the ground and get some favorable weather and some moisture, um, by, you know, October, you know, mid-October at least, you should have a pretty decent stand, um, assuming you do everything correct. Sure. Um, we have both the fall uh, plot mix, and then we have another one, a premium mix. Mm -hmm. What would be the difference there? Why would I look at one over the other, something like that? The premium blend, alpha, uh, premium blend, uh, Plot mix is a blend of annuals, biannuals, and perennial clovers and legumes and some brassicas. 
It, if I was going to tell a person, you know, where this would be more applicable, I would pick your better soils, your bottom ground type soils. They're not going to be tri quite as drought tolerant as the annual would be, mm -hmm. and they're not going to be as aggressive to take off. If you can do some kind of a plot protection to let them establish before um, letting the deer, you know, get access to them is wonderful because they're a little bit slower to establish. But it's a wonderful plot mix, probably underutilized but it just needs to be done in the right place. And it, it just, it requires a little bit better soils in my opinion. Okay. I noticed down in your store, you have um, a selection of jars of different products. Um, if, a, if a producer or a hunter has access to some annual grains like wheat or whatever, but they want to add some ingredients, what ones do you have available? Absolutely. We have uh, turnips, we have radishes, we have uh, sugar beets, we have uh, like Ladino clover, uh, all of those we have as individuals. And we always have, uh, um, you know, crimson clover, Uchier leaf clover, all of those clovers we can all supply individually as well. I don't necessarily have them in a jar ready to go, but we can, we can supply those as well. And those are all good, you know, good options. When it comes to deer plots, I, I, I tend to favor annuals. And the reason is, is an annual is a little bit more aggressive in that first year establishment. You know, a perennial is kind of getting going and, and establishing itself for the long haul. And a lot of times they have hard time, a hard time keeping up with animal pressure. And, and they can be pretty difficult to establish sometimes. And so the annuals are typically more aggressive and kind of take off quicker. Uh, another thing I will say is that um, a, a subject that's come up a lot in um, the shows and stuff, people that I talk to, is, well, I want a plot that I can just plant and forget it. And I said, it doesn't. And I'll tell them it does not exist. As a matter of fact, I feel that a perennial plot takes more continuing effort than an annual plot. I'd agree. Because you yeah. have to maintain that plot or it's going to go south. And so um, I, I just tell people that that plot doesn't exist. Right, right. Well, Bob, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. And um, if you all have any questions uh, for Bob or for any of us here, you can call us at 1-800-375-4613, or you can email us at johnseed at johnstonseed.com. Thank you.